to the Heavy Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The only podcast where us geeks drink, discuss a geek pop culture topic of the week, and tell us, tell, tell you our thoughts on them, not tell us our thoughts on them. Um, my name is Matt. I'm Adam. Alright, welcome back folks to yet another episode um, but before we jump into the meat of the episode and the drink, we're going to talk about where to find us. You can follow us on social media at Geek Drink Pod on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, Twitter. Um, I think we're on um, hotgirlcams.com now. OnlyFans. Uh, only, well, we've already said OnlyFans. No one's oh, followed us there. No one's <laughs> given us money for a subscription, even oh, though it's like 25 cents a month. People. Um, <laughs> so we're trying we on... shake it yeah, <laughs> like we got to make it. We're trying on hotgirlcams.com now. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, leave us a like, comment, review. Tell us what you think of this week's episode, past week's episode. Um, and, you know, tell us what you guys want us to talk about. Because at a certain point, we're running out of stuff we know. And we need to learn some new stuff. By the way, Matt. Yeah. Those shorts. I have the same exact pair. And I almost wore them today. <laughs> Wrangler shorts. Oh my god. Got them at Target. Probably. I have no idea. I have so many random pieces of clothing. I actually... So... As of last recording, you were not able to uh, attend because you didn't watch Picard. Like oh, and also I wasn't in... Out of the country. Well, we recorded it before we left, like the night before we left. <laughs> okay. Um, well. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, talking about geek top pop culture, me and, and Megan talked about Picard. And and so since then, I've gone and come back from uh, Ireland. And I... Top bought, of the morning to you. I bought one more t-shirt. Woohoo! Yeah, I have no more room in my dresser for t-shirts. I haven't started to pile them up on top. Same. <laughs> and so I finally was like, I just need to use a box and get rid of ones I haven't seen in over a year. Mm-hmm. Then I discovered one I hadn't seen in a year. I was like, I like this shirt. I'm wearing this shirt. So that's how it works. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into our drink of the week. Join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. And so, Adam, this week we went a little, little uh, white girl summer, hot girl summer, I guess. You know, I guess it is summertime. <laughs> we have the Sunny D vodka seltzer. Yeah, it's only ninety-five calories, so you can watch your figure, Adam. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I don't want you to, I'm you know, so worried that bikini. I don't want that bikini to to have a muffin top. You know, I. I always worry going out in public. <laughs> um, so it's supposed to be like Sunny Delight with vodka in it, and it's 4%, 4.5%. Um, so it's made with real fruit juice, sparkling water, and natural orange flavor. There you go. Okay, well. I, I was telling your lady friend they should do a tang version. <laughs> yeah, a tang, or um, I want a Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch. Oh. Like. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah but they have to serve it like they did in like the 70s and 80s and just the, like the candy got candy vegetables in and you yeah. pop the top there that'd be go. the best way to sell it <laughs> yes All right. well cheers cheers brother 
That's not bad. You know, it tastes like a Sunny D. Yeah, like a little <laughs> bit more watered down Sunny D. But, I mean, that's the nice thing about Sunny D is that you can buy You can still buy them, like, the little eight-ounce containers and just down it in two yeah. seconds. That's and then true. feel like you're a seven-year-old again with sugar high. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so before we dive into the topic of the week, I had to tell you the story, Adam. So we were we're in Ireland and we're at a pub and you know we're drinking the local flavor like Smith as one does in yeah. Ireland. <laughs> uh, you know, and I will get heresy for this. I'm not a Guinness fan, so I I had a couple Guinnesses there. I was still like it's I mean it's better there than it is here, but still not great for me because I'm not a stout person. But you know, we had the Smithwicks. We had. Uh, Oh, there was a cider. I forgot what it's called, but it was like super apple-y. It was just like I bit into an apple. It wasn't even sugary, which was great. But the number the number one selling beer in a, in a pub is Guinness, of course. Of course. What do you think number two is? Uh, the whatever, the Harp Lager, which no. is also Guinness. <laughs> Coors Light. Oh, cool. Number three, Heineken. Ew, that's wife beater beer. <laughs> and so we were at the pub, and I was just like, "You, every pub I've seen has Coors Light on tap. And the, and the owner was like, yeah, so it's number two beer. It's like everyone's favorite import. I'm like, it's trash water from where I'm from, and it's local. You know, it's not terrible. No, like, it's, I, I, I prefer it over... And this has nothing to do with the controversy. I prefer it over Bud. Yeah. But that's just personal preference. Yeah. Um, I'll drink either in a pinch. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, like, Coors Light and Bud are beers I marinate meat in. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's not a... Uh, I'd rather a Coors Banquet. Oh, God, yeah. Not, uh, that, the, that one's... It's good. Decent. <laughs> well, we've had it on the show before. Yes, we have. <laughs> All right, well... Now we've got a little bit of that on the way, Adam. It's time to talk about our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? And this week we are talking about the 1998... I wouldn't call it a box office hit or a classic, but I mean, it's, it's a kind I, of a cult I'd classic. I'd say it's kind of a classic, but I mean, it definitely flopped at the box office. Oh yeah, but... so it had an $80 million budget and a $136 million return. Yeah. So, it made them money, but not a lot. Not a ton, but... Uh, it's supposed to be the summer blockbuster when it came out. Oh, and they were supposed to have three of them, yes. too. <laughs> so, so, we're talking about... The 1998 Lost, Lost in, in Space. Come on, you could have helped I'm out sorry, I, I went almost all the way. Almost all the way. That's what your <laughs> wife said. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that what your high school girlfriend said? Shut Fuck off. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lost in Space. This movie is based on obviously the 1965 to 1968 TV series of the same name, mm-hmm. um, which itself was based off of Swiss Family Robinson. It's supposed to be their Lost in Space version versus Correct. Lost yeah, in Space. Yeah, like Pacific. a sci-fi version. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive into the meat of it. Fantastic cast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean... Gary Oldman. We've talked about Gary Oldman before. He is... He's a chameleon. He can he, play anything. <laughs> and he's in so many great movies. I mean, I could name five right off the top of my head that I just would watch every time. Like, uh, 
Batman Begins, that whole series. <laughs> well, you could say those are three, three. but... I count it as one long movie. If you, let's just say it that Fifth way. Element. Fifth Element, top-notch. I mean, he is just phenomenal in the yeah. Harry Potter series. I mean, just oh, yeah. As Sirius Black. He, I mean, he is Sirius Black. And I guess they're remaking the Harry Potter series. Into an HBO, into a Max series. I don't want it. No, neither do I. The only thing I would be okay with is if they made the play into a series. Oh, the, like, one, like yeah. Cursed Child? Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Like, I just... Part of me, and I I know we've said this on the show before, stop remaking Everything. good movies. Remake the trash. <laughs> like, there are terrible movies out there that are in, like, vast numbers. Remake those ones. Do not remake good films. Yeah. But for some reason, Hollywood is run out of ideas. Yeah. They, so. They're like, hey, you know what? Made us a lot of money one day. This did. Let's see if it makes money again. Yeah. So, we're talking about Lost in Space um, and the cast. So, Gary Oldman, <laughs> yeah. William Hurt, Matt LeBlanc, which you can argue at the time was a huge name. Oh, I mean, I still love Matt LeBlanc. I mean, he's he's still a charming guy. Yeah. Like... Apparently, while he was filming Lost in Space, he was also filming Friends. Mm -hmm. And so he had to, like, fly back from locations all the time. So it was like, oh, he's a a working guy and he's doing his thing. Yeah, and it was definitely at that peak of his star power where they thought, hey, if we take the Friends actor, it's going to translate into money. But apparently the director had never seen Friends. Yeah. I saw that on IMDb Which Trivia. I do like because, and we'll dive into it a little bit more when we talk about some of the characters, but he is obviously a, he's playing a totally opposite character than Joey was in Friends. And he's doing it convincingly. You don't see, you don't watch it and go, oh, it's Joey being a pilot. Yeah. You're watching it going, oh, I can kind of believe that he is this character. Oh, no, absolutely. And then you have uh, Heather Graham. Heather Graham for, here's a movie where she doesn't take her top off. True. Um, <laughs> and you know what, like... She's a she's a good actress. No, she's yeah. fantastic. And I, I like it when she does a role that she can kind of get some teeth into. Like, it's like... I felt like when, like, Denise Richardson was in... Uh, World's not enough. Yeah, it's like oh, that's it's just she's playing this character. It's yeah, bullshit, and it's going to get young men to go see it. Yeah, but it's like she's playing a scientist and she plays a or a doctor. I yeah, guess. she's playing doctor, uh... and she's playing it convincingly. And so I'm like, yeah. good for her. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, and then you've got um, Lacey Shabbert. So, um, Mean Girls. Yes, and I was going to mention yeah. that she makes an appearance in Mean Girls later on. And fun fact, she is the first voice of Meg Griffin in Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And then she was replaced by Mila Kunis. Yes. Um, Jared Harris, you were, we were going to talk about. Yes, we're... Uh, so, Jared Harris, um, who's one of my like favorite actors... Um, plays the older version of Will Robinson. Um, and we'll get into the spoilers of this, but I guess this film came out in 1998. Yeah, it's so. a 25-year-old movie. <laughs> Screw you guys. But um, did you know that 
all of his lines were dubbed? No. Yeah. I had no idea. They were all dubbed because of he had he didn't have the voice for it, so someone else dubbed it. Oh, over so kind of silly, but um, yeah, we'll get into more of Jared Harris's things. He's yeah. a brilliant actor. Would love to see him in all the things because yeah. he's just delightful. And um, it, so, other other fun fact on this: you've got. Ooh, almost there it is. That's the Sunny Dean. <laughs> he's going to puke, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, it's that burb. Um, Dick Tuffield voices the robot, and yes, he was, he the, was original the original robot. robot. Yeah, yeah, in the in the TV show in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then June Lockhart played the original Penny Robertson. Yes, in the show, and she comes back for a camera role here. Yeah, a lot of the yeah. actors from the previous, like uh, uh, the t- the principal. Played, I forget the role, but all the like a lot of the actors they could get all reprised a role. Um, the original Major West played the general in this, <laughs> and yep. So you have a they tried to bring as many people back as they could, um, to try and uh, just kind of for the nostalgia, yeah, yeah, and it was. It was the first of these movies that was trying to capture on a 60s TV show. Um, it kind of... It, it was... It, this... I want to call it not so, so much a sci-fi revolution as well, but you had a lot of sci-fi action movies come out in this time period. Because you're mm-hmm. talking about Deep Impact, Armageddon, Fifth the Element... Star Trek. Star Trek fran- uh, TNG franchise was... Yeah. In the movie series part of this point. there's It's just a sci-fi movies were kind of the thing at the time. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of get into the the meat of this, the plot of this. Um, what were your thoughts about it, Adam? I know it's kind of controversial with the whole time travel piece of it. So first off, I loved this film as a I kid. I do too. I had toys. I had all that. Um, I thought the ship was really cool. Well, I was going to get into this at some point, but I guess... Yeah. Might as well. The ships, multiple ships, their designs were really well thought mm-hmm. out. Like, the Jupiter 2, I loved the fact that when they went into their, like, hyperdrive thing, like, the flaps folded yeah. out and things started happening. Even the, like, fighters in the beginning that Matt LeBlanc was flying, where it's kind of this... It like reminded me a little bit of a pendulum. B-wing. Yeah, like a B-wing, but had this kind of like pendulum mm-hmm. feel to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is very inventive. Because in the original series, it was... A flying saucer. It was just a flying saucer. And it, and it was kind of cool because <laughs> in, the, in that first part of the movie when the Jupiter takes off from Earth, it looks like a flying saucer. Mm-hmm. And so I was rewatching and then it. And it breaks and, apart. Yeah, I'm rewatching it. Obviously, we can talk about it today. And my wife's watching it with me, and she'd seen it before years and years ago. And I'm like, oh, this is it's such a cool ship. And she's watching that part, and she goes, this looks That's like crap. <laughs> ugly. How is that a cool ship? And then when it gets to orbit, it breaks apart, and she goes, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Great ship design. And like I said, I loved this as a kid, and I had toys. I had the Jupiter 2 
that you could push down like a button. It would flap like, it open in the. I like how the, like, the hyperdrive core comes out to cool it. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we had the. I'll get it. Like the weapons, um, we had Matt LeBlanc's pistol that you could like modular design yeah. to make it look like a rifle. The only thing, and I say this now, rewatching it off after watching. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was not a big fan of his helmet effect. Eh, I like to me. It's like the one thing I will say about like his kind of his kind of armor felt kind of militaristic. Like and it, it felt close to I think because yeah. he is in the military. Yeah, and like when you watch him go into the Proteus, it's like. He's more in his, like, flight jacket, yeah. flight suit type thing, and everyone else is in their, like, space suit. And it's like, at first, he has the clear shield yeah. over, but then, yeah, he hits a button, and it becomes this... And, like, <laughs> I love the fact there was, like, a funny moment where they're trying to, like, log in... And his, like, helmet doesn't retract all the way. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, it, then it finally goes away. Um, but I thought that it was, like, it felt very military. It felt... Um, it did. I think my issue with it is he's a fighter pilot. I would have expected that kind of gear being on, like, a ground soldier more or less. Yeah, but, like, would you almost think that someone who's, like in space would have to have kit like that in case they go to a a world. Yeah, I mean it's true. It, it just, for me since it was like, hey, we've discovered a, one world that has life and we're going to take ten years to drive there. You know, oh. and that's just my thought. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say that I did like about Matt LeBlanc's character and it was kind of true of 90s movies and even his character in Friends... I kind of liked... I really liked the chemistry between he him and Heather Graham. Yeah. He he, he was kind of... Schwarmy, like... like hey, Well, especially at the very beginning when, when she turns him down and he, he does at, He does the Joey, yeah. like, how you doing? Yeah, but he looks at her dad, not knowing it's her dad, and goes, there's a cold fish I'd like to fry. And, and she goes... Or yeah. and, and then she turns around and goes... Hi, Dad. And he I'll just be goes, late for dinner. I'll be late for dinner. And he's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> but yeah. no, he he's a lovable idiot. Yeah. Like, if you will. Like, and I mean, I guess it's like you could, uh, there was like some fan theory out there that I read where it was like, oh no, Joey Tribbiani is playing this character. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny, but it would be. It's not, but that. But let let's let's run with that just a hair. Joey Tribbiani and his love of food would not have survived being that ripped and buff. True, true. That's <laughs> to true. film, but um, I guess like one of the things, like yeah, I love this kid, or I love this uh, film when I was a kid. But, um, like, talking about the other cast... Yeah. It felt like a family. It did. They all had really good chemistry. Yeah. Um, everyone from... 
uh, William the, Hurt, William Hurt, Mimi Rogers as yeah. the parents. Um, obviously, both the daughters and Will. It it did feel very family and cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like that compared to, and I know we t- we said we talk about it a little bit the twenty eighteen Netflix Lost in Space show, which. By the way, folks, I'm working through. It's really good. And I, we'll talk it about it. It looks great. Um, so far, I love it, but um, I'd rather just let's. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just. My only note between the two is it takes a little bit longer in the TV series, the modern one, for it to feel like a family versus this is a movie, and they did it very fast and they did it very well. Yeah, everyone felt like, it It just felt like it was a cohesive family, even though kind of broken, but um, especially with like, oh yeah, like the professor not being present with Will, and it's just but still, it all felt like a family. It did, and that's the kind of thing I liked, I think um, Matt LeBlanc's character does very well as he does feel like at the beginning the fifth wheel of the family yeah. um, and he's the babysitter the babysitter <laughs> as he puts it and by the end of the movie you can tell he's earned his place with the family mm-hmm. he's earned a spot and then you've got the black sheep of the family kind of technically who's not supposed to be there Dr. Smith played Dr. by Smith. Gary Oldman yes yeah, so the the legend <laughs> Gary Oldman oh he plays such a good bad guy God, did you ever see The Professional? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Yeah. That is, like, one of my favorite of his, like, bad guy mm. performances. Okay, I can see that. Because <laughs> he just, like, he was always high on drugs and... I think my favorite bad had guy... Had no redeeming value. No. <laughs> my favorite bad guy of his has to be The Fifth Element. Fifth Element's great. Just because he played, it's such an over the top. Oh yeah, well, character and movie and yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll get into the fifth element later on. Oh yeah, that's being covered at some point soon. Um, <laughs> well, we have to. It's probably on both of our top sci-fi films oh, yeah. of all time. So, directed by the same person that directed the professional. Yep, that's actually true. So. I'm right every now and again. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mark that at 22 minutes, 10 seconds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we can edit it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's like, I'm not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to put that on a loop and it's just the theme song now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Gary Oldman's character, obviously playing the very devious. And he's not a bad guy because he wants to be a bad guy. He's a bad guy because he wants to get paid. And he's selfish. Yo, he's God, just, yeah. At, at the end of the day, he's so selfish. It's like everything he is doing is just for his self-interest. Oh, of course. And he doesn't mind who he manipulates, and he tries to manipulate like just about everyone. I wanted to talk about one of my favorite shots in the film... Um, it's the shot right after, so, spoilers, uh, Gary Oldman programs the robot to try and kill everyone. Yeah, once it takes off. 
the people that hired him betray him, blah, blah, blah. But there's a beautiful shot where um, the professor has him, like, by the throat and is like, I'm going to kill you, you fucker. Yeah. (laughs) And he looks up and he sees his family and, like, I don't want to call it a mirror shot because it's kind of like a, like, just stainless steel so it's kind of like opaque and yeah but you can kind of see what's going on and he says oh you can't kill me you can't kill the man without becoming the monster and and it plays so much better into the future part of the movie yes it's so great and i love that and then yeah he lets him go and then gary oldman just shouts coward and he's like And locks the door on him and imprisons him in this, like, lab. Yeah. It was, like, you see how devious he is. And, I mean, he's always been there. Like, he tries to manipulate the professor. He tries to manipulate Major West. He And and then he inevitably manipulates Will. He's the youngest member of the family, yeah. Yeah. And it just... He is just out for himself... At all cost. And doesn't care about anyone else. And like, I love the fact that there's these scenes where he's like, I'm trying to do something. And they're like, get out of here. And they throw him aside. You know, and it's... Or like punch him in the face. Like, we're doomed! Yeah. (laughs) And it was, I think, very well scripted and well... I wouldn't say telegraph, but I guess the best way to put it is it was so well revealed when they land on that planet and they're in that time bubble and it's the future in that time bubble and, you know, Smith's been scratched by the spiders and now he's become a spider creature himself. yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like we just said, him using that line again, talking about being the monster... Um, the way he's manipulated Will for the past 20 plus years. Everyone's yeah. dead, but Will... So, let's just talk about, before we get into that. Yeah. So this uh, film deals with uh, time being relative. Mm-hmm. So they they bust through holes in time and space and pretty much jump forward... 20 years, 30 years in the future, um, even though they've only been lost technically a day in their kind of mind. But uh, that was kind of an interesting thing, especially from a, like, I'm I'm a little bit of an astrophysics nerd. So it was interesting to see that this was happening and it, this is the crux of it. It is, and it was kind of a high-minded idea for oh, very sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, it it was definitely in the middle of this action-packed genre where everything was high-octane, action-packed, battle, 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 fight, fight, explosions. Yeah, but you're and it kind of squeezed it in here. You're dealing with time being dilated and stuff like that which is um a great thing like they explore in like interstellar interstellar 
was actually what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite films. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right, no, all I, right, all right, all right, all right. I won't go through the galaxy. I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna go with Tars. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I just love the fact that it was this kind of. They took actual like quantum physics and like yeah. that sort of thing into account. Um, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And as a kid, I had no flippin' idea what it all meant. But now that I've been reading a lot more, so read some Michao Kaku. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was fascinating to actually be like, yeah, this is something that can happen. Because <laughs> I think they even mentioned on the pro, th- uh, on the Proteus. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is a hydroponics lab. Growth like this would take generations. Decades. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, and everything had dust on it. Yeah, and they're like, oh, part of the ship's in a time bundle, time bubble. Part, you know, the yeah. planet. Part of the planet's in a time bubble. It's just, and a lot of it's caused by the hyperdrive that Will's been tinkering yeah. with. It's, it's a sorry, I muted myself for a thing. It's a high, it's a high-minded idea, and now that. I wouldn't say audiences have matured because they haven't, but it's more embraced to have these kind of scientific cerebral parts in mm-hmm. a sci-fi movie. No, I'm um, yeah. Look at the Christopher Nolan films. Yeah. Very sci-fi, but very high-minded intellectual kind of yeah. ideas in them. I, I, I guess mentioning Christopher Nolan, I, I just want to bring up really quick uh, the director. Yeah, Stephen Hopkins. Stephen Hopkins. He uh, did a few of my favorite films, and I'll just kind of list off two of them. Predator 2, one of my favorites. And he also did The Ghost and the Darkness um, with Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. That okay. one. I had to look at the tra- I had to see the oh, poster, and yeah, I didn't it's know. It's really good. It's, it's just about, like, killer lions it's apparently based on a true story apparently these lions are in based like, on the man eaters as though yep yeah they're in like east africa yeah but i guess they stuff the bodies of these lions and like they're in like chicago or something like that but um it's a interesting film check it out i know we're not in the recommendation thing but Check out both of those if you haven't seen them. <laughs> so you're not telling me you loved him as a second unit director in Highlander. So, <laughs> we can't get into that. Because no. <laughs> Highlander might just be its own thing <laughs> at some point, And that'll be just an embarrassment for me. Because I <laughs> love that film. And you're going to be doing the Scottish accent the whole time. Well, and it's funny because, like, Christopher Lampert is, like, what, German or something like that? And he does, like, the worst Scottish accent ever. Um, But it's like, he, I just, I love that film. No, he's born in New York. Oh, he's born in New York? Yeah. Oh, he has a terrible accent still. But he was great as Raiden in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true, he was. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I love how they were like, in that film, they had Sean Connery as like his mentor. 
And he's just like, tell me about this haggish dish. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. And <laughs> he's supposed to be playing a Spaniard. Yeah. So Connery like, cannot do any a non-Scottish other. accent. Well, he can't do anything anymore. He's no. dead. But <laughs> True. But I'm saying, in anyway. any movie he's been, even The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> Love that film. Well, oh. well, we'll get all into this. So, oh, hey, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you hear anything you like, just... Just let us know. So, let me ask you, Adam. Yes. Before we dive into hot takes next. Mm-hmm. Do you think they portrayed and the story did justice with this time travel and tying it into, I wouldn't say a redemption story, but kind of like having Professor Robinson... I guess redeem himself, I, I, I hate to say it, but redeem himself in being a parent um, to Will. I think they, and I guess this was going to be my kind of hot take. Okay, we, was, can, we can start hot takes. going to say this week I was going to say like the I felt the film focused too much on Professor Robinson and, and Will. Will yeah it's just like I love you son you're I'm so proud of you and he's and I'm just like okay you got your other Two daughters right here who are What's just a doctor. <laughs> and, and you're not like you're just not acknowledging them at all. But I don't know. I think I guess they like initially, like we said, they were planning a a trilogy. Uh, a trilogy with this. Um, does it not blend into a trilogy now? Sure. Because it's like, okay, they found the thing to get to Alpha Prime. They're done. But it just kind of felt too Will and the Professor heavy. And I'm like, he was always never there for his son's science projects. And he was never listening to his son's designs. And that was kind of my thing. Where I'm kind of like, I don't feel like it quite hit the mark um i guess let me ask you this um this could lead into a hot take as well the cgi that was my hot take right there okay let's lead into it before i lead into that i kind of (laughs) want to respond to your hot take i i almost think and i kind of agree with you that they overplayed the will and professor robinson dynamic a little too much and they definitely were telegraphing it pretty hard when you do rewatches the movie. Oh, yeah. Because in that first scene, you know, obviously Professor Robinson's so engrossed in, in the mission getting and the mission getting it off the ground and, and mm-hmm. getting there. And he goes, oh, I miss Will Science Fair. Record a message, apology to Will. Mm-hmm. And on his little tape recorder. And it's just like, oh. But at the same time, 
you know, the first time, the first few times I've watched the movie, obviously, I was a much younger person. Yeah. Um, and now... We all were. Yes, we all were. <laughs> but now, as a father, I can almost understand that sometimes that may happen. Yeah. As much as you don't want it to. And thankfully, I haven't got to that stage in my life well, with my daughter also, where it's that like, may be an issue. He's in the process of trying to save the planet. True. And save the human race. Yeah. Like, well, I guess not save the planet because Earth is dead. But trying save to save the human humanity. race. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yes, some things fall by the wayside. But it, yeah, for me, it was always just like, I was like, okay, it always just felt like it was, Will was the most important part. And like, yeah, in the plot of the story, like, Will invents the time machine. Will does and fixes the robot. It's like he's important, but I just was kind of like, well, what about Penny? What about <laughs> Judy? Yeah. What, what about, about your Judy? wife? What about your wife? Like none of these characters mattered <laughs> at all. But I guess um, okay. Are you ready for CGI? CGI. So. In rewatching the movie, I'd say half the CGI does not hold up at all. I would agree. Because <laughs> we don't look agree at, a lot, people. <laughs> you look at the little monkey creature that oh, Penny adopts. I, I actually have a note of that. Like I was like, some holds up. Monkey, not so monkey, much. <laughs> Dr. Smith is a spider guy. The spiders themselves. I would say the CG of the spaceships and the space yes. scenes. Those always work for me. And they do me. well. And it's yeah. ILM who did it. Yeah. And they obviously have extensive experience doing Star Wars and Star Trek with spaceships. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the ground-based CGI... Didn't work oh, out. Oh. I, and, mean, I mean, and granted, folks, this is 1998. It's a 25-year-old film at it's, this point. It's a while back, but I guess... Jurassic Park came out, what? 93? 93, so it's kind of like, that all holds up still. <laughs> but they use so much practical effects in Another Jurassic thing Park. I did like about the just jumping in, um, I did like the practical effects, like the practical sets. Oh, yeah. And we're a year away from Star Wars coming out. Yeah. With their CGI everything. Yeah. I think it looked fine. Yeah. Um, I will say... In terms of CGI, even in 1998, it was a little rough in certain points, I think. Yeah. But for where CGI was at the time, it was good. Yeah. Um, it's just 25 years later, looking at it through that lens, going, yeah. oh, this is rough. And also, it's not a Steven Spielberg production where you can have... Yeah. Or like a Titanic, like James Cameron so, thing. Speaking of Titanic, fun fact... When I was oh. doing research for this movie oh, for today. <laughs> so Titanic came out three months earlier, almost four months earlier. Mm-hmm. This was the movie that dethroned Titanic from number one in the box office. Oh, nice. Yeah. For, I liked it. I Oh, yeah. I, I think it's great. I still sit here and be like, hey, if you have not seen this film, watch it. It's, yeah, it's a little goofy, a little cheesy. Maybe the CGI doesn't hold up in certain parts, but... It was fun. I had a great time watching it. And, like, this is from me being, like, a kid 
who like bought all the toys and was like, I want to do this. I want to play around like lost in space. But it's just a great, good little film. Also, those spiders, they were kind of creepy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were a good little side villain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, I guess, uh, Matt, do we want to get into our wreck? No. Not well, yet? No, that's, yes, let's do the wreck. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? Okay. Because after this, I have a new game for you. Okay. All right. So, Adam, your wreck of the week. You had, you so, had two good ones. So, um, I wanted to kind of go off of uh, Jared Hess, or Jared Harris, sorry. Cut. <laughs> You're fine. Jared Harris. Um, I wanted to go off of those. So, um, the man is an amazing actor. Um, I would totally recommend watching him in both Chernobyl. Okay. On HBO. Um, it's a bit of a rough watch, but really good. And The Terror, which I think is on like AMC, but I would actually recommend reading the book, The Terror, that is based on by Dan Simmons. Um... Dan Simmons is a guy who lives here in Colorado. Really? Yeah. So, he's one of my favorite authors. Um, I know it's a little weird. We're recommending a book for the first time. <laughs> but, That's okay. Um, but definitely check out Chernobyl. It's a great um, miniseries on HBO. The Terror is great. It's a great adaptation of the book, but... If you have the opportunity, read the book because you get a lot more out of it. So, but yeah, that's my rec. What do you got? All right, so my rec of the week um, is Lost in Space, the TV series. The um, new one or the old one? The new one. one. Okay. <laughs> the 2018 one. Um, three seasons, very well done. Different take on the story um, without being a spoiler. Real Robinson is not a professor. He's an ex-Marine. Um, Marine, his wife, is someone of note, and she's the one who helps with the project to get people into space to get to the new planet. Mm-hmm. Um, West, um, his character, is a mechanic and kind of a lovable buffoon in the series. So it's a different take on all the characters, and it's a really well-done series. Okay. Um, and I thought it went really well. Um, I would recommend checking it out on Netflix. Uh, like I said, three seasons. Um, the third one got a little weird because they were trying to wrap it up and they had a lot to cram in at the end, but it still did pretty good. Um, my only note, and it's something we talked about with the with the movie is it was very heavy will focused, but so was the TV show in the sixties too. Yeah. Um, so that is my wreck of the week. Yeah. Just... Make sure you don't share your passwords. Pass. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, Adam. So we're going to try a new game here. Um, oh, geez. I'm, I know what's going on. You don't yet. So this is going to be blind for you. I'm going to give you five things in a category. Okay. And you have to blind ranking 
rank each one I give you without knowing what is next in the list. Okay. So our ranking today is going to be your top five or. 1998 sci-fi movies. Ooh, this could be I'm going fun. to give you five of them. You okay. have to tell me, when I give you one, where it ranks one to five, not knowing what comes next. Okay. I gotta, like, put my hand out just so I remember what I'm oh, ranking I'll make notes. as. <laughs> I will make notes right now. So, let's set this up. 1998 sci-fi movies. I can't spell people. I spell sci-fi with an A. <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> all right, Adam. So, all these movies came out in 1998. None of them are obscure, weird movies you haven't seen. Um, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, we're going to go with The X-Files. Ooh, is so is this the one? This was the the first X Files movie. Oh god, I'm gonna probably say a three. Okay, I liked this one. I like I love the X Files. <laughs> All right, your next movie is Blade. Blade. Oh, thumbs of noon. And you don't know what's coming up next. So if you rank it one, and there's a better one. So, Blade was one of the first, like, pretty much what got Marvel going. Yep. I'm going to probably put it at four. Okay. Just to keep it at even keel. Armageddon. Oh. You know, there's a funny story about Armageddon. Have you heard this one? No. Well, it depends. So, pretty much, uh, the whole premise of Armageddon, if you haven't seen it, is a bunch of oil drillers go up to an asteroid, drill into an asteroid to plant a nuke. Blah, blah, blah. Ben Affleck actually went up to Michael Bay and was like, why is it easier to train oil drillers to be astronauts and not astronauts <laughs> to be oil drillers? And Michael Bay just said, shut up, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. Um, I'm going to go with number two just because right. of the soundtrack. Like that Aerosmith song. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Godzilla. Oh, that's that's five. <laughs> I hated that film. All right, and I guess whatever one would have been Deep Impact. Actually, I did prefer Deep Impact over Armageddon. Okay, <laughs> so all right, don't don't say that's what she said. But <laughs> <laughs> so your top five blind ratings is Deep, Deep Impact, Impact, Armageddon, Armageddon X Files, Blade, Blade, Godzilla. Okay. At least you didn't put Godzilla like at two. No, no, I, <laughs> I really didn't like. So oh, no. I, I have a problem with Roland Emmerich. Um, don't get us canceled because of this, <laughs> but I don't think he's very talented. The only thing I really love that he did was Stargate. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a great one. I mean, I like the TV series better than the movie, but. <laughs> 
I never watched any of the TV series. Oh, dude, you're missing out. <laughs> the TV series is bomb. So funny story about Godzilla, um, the Matthew Broderick 1998 version. Obviously, any Godzilla movie that gets made in the U.S. has to be approved by Tojo Films mm-hmm. in Japan. Well, it was so not well received by Japanese audiences. They've retconned that Godzilla out. Yes. And he's now just called Zilla. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I'm glad I ranked it on the bottom. Because <laughs> it was terrible. It, it was not great. Even in, for its time, it was not great. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. We've covered 1998's seminal classic. Yes. Lost in Space. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you tell a friend who is into 1998 sci-fi movies. Or just a friend in general. Yeah. A friend. Maybe a sponsor. A friend, a sponsor, a sibling who's a sponsor. Yes. Doesn't matter to us. But, um, you know, like I said, go on to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, um, hotgirlcams.com. You know. Um, leave us a review, we'll, like, we'll, subscribe, We'll shake comments. it like we make it. <laughs> yeah, we're at Geek Drink Pod. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for joining in. You all have a great geek week. All right, take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. another episode of the have a drink with some geeks podcast all content copyright geek drink pod 2023